This is a Warminster Community Radio podcast. Welcome to the next episode of Around Warminster. Uh, My name's Andrew Robinson. This is WCR's BA12 Radio Burst, covering Warminster and the surrounding villages. Uh, For this episode, we've entitled it Ghost Town, as Warminster prepares to host Ghost the Musical. Uh, More on that shortly. As always, we have a summary of this week's news. Remember, if it's worth knowing in Warminster, you'll find it right here. Plus, later in this episode, a director of music turned artist of glass. But first, the Athenaeum is not just a theatre, it's a centre for the community, serving host to the Chat Cafe and many other fantastic organisations. We'll be hearing from many of them in the coming weeks. But it's on the stage that we focus today, because rehearsals are underway for Ghost the Musical. That's the musical version of the movie starring Patrick Swayze. I spoke to Ben Griffiths, Bex Mould and Morgan Hames from the Athenaeum Masqueraders. Right, let's talk about Ghost the Musical. Um, ben, I'll start with you. Um, you have many hats, we were saying. Yes, yeah, lots of jobs. So I'm the, I'm the chairperson of the Masqueraders and for, for Ghost, um, I'm taking the role as a musical director and technical director of all the special effects and everything that's going to happen on stage. Um, I'm also on stage as well. I'm, I'm playing Carl Bruner, the, the, the bad guy, but not a very nice one. OK, so tell us, just give us a little snippet of, of the sort of the story. What, what can people expect to see? They can expect to see a, a deeply romantic story um, where we, we see um, two young um, young people deeply in love that are torn apart by the terrible terrible doings of of, of somebody else um, out for themselves and out for out for money um, and we then we then spend much of the much of the show following um, Sam um, the sort of the, the the person who's died um, as he tries to connect reconnect with um, Molly and his his romantic romantic interest and he struggles and it's this sort of story of love this deep love that um he has tra- absolutely transcends, transcends the boundaries of life itself yeah. <laughs> so i'm getting getting my head around this am i right morgan that you're playing someone who's dead is that right uh, for most of the show yeah so how is that um, it's different definitely I haven't played someone who's dead before. Um, <laughs> it's weird because there's, there's two personalities. Like you've got your alive personality that's like fun, and then you die, and then you've got to act very sad, and it's got to be very, just very different to anything I've done before. Mm. Um, Excellent. Yeah, it's definitely a different experience. And then Bex, you're playing Molly. I am. So yeah. tell us a bit about about your character. So my character is. Um, She's incredibly brave. She loves art very much like myself, which is good. She, yeah, dabbles on a pottery wheel. Um, She is a sculptor, mainly at home. And she's very brave. She loves very deeply and, yeah, very passionate character. 
Right, so how are rehearsals going? We must be in the thick of it now. Yeah, we are. Two weeks yeah. to go till curtain up, almost. Um, but yeah, rehearsals are going well. We have yes, now um, been able to run both acts, so we are just kind of sharpening and refining different elements. It's a very, very technical show, this one, as you can imagine, because we have somebody who is a ghost. Spoiler. <laughs> um, I'm devastated so, by this yeah. now. Yeah, sorry, sorry, everybody. <laughs> I mean, it is in the title, yeah. so it's yeah. <laughs> not giving too much away. Yeah, no, rehearsals are going well, in my opinion. Would yes. you say? <laughs> I would say they're going quite well. It's just yeah. a lot of things to wrap your head around. Yeah, and for sure. And a lot of things to rehearse. It's unlike any show we've done before, in a way, because there's so many complex technical elements to it that you really have to get your head around. The, the, the tricks of people being dead on stage whilst there are live people on stage as well. Um, the, there's lots of things that the cast are having to get their heads around. And the, rea- the reality is, is that they won't get to see that until mm. we actually get into our tech rehearsals, which will be two days before the show. So there's, there's lots of sort of, if we say, if we say unknowns, um, that are all in the planning and all being sort of it's all it's all working its way towards um, uh, opening night. But there's lots of things to sort of all draw together at the right at the last minute, which will which will be it's a it's a it's a definitely a challenge. It's a very very different show mm. to anything we've done before. So, what can people expect to see in terms of set and costumes? Is it is it a, a sort of a grand show or is it quite? Simplistic is the wrong word, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, what can well, I expect? It has elements of being quite simplistic because we don't have the big, we don't have the, like the biggest set in the world because um, it's mainly through project, projection. Like we use mm. projectors yeah. to project the set onto the flats. However, we do have like little stage elements, like a desk there and a chair there. However, some other elements in the show are quite grand. There's quite some gospel musical numbers that are very vibrant. And very different to it the varies teams. in terms of the set and costumes. From my opinion, the last uh, performance that the last production that I was part of was Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, um, and that was where I had three different coloured sequin dresses, and it was super vibrant. We had big cupcake costumes. This is the complete opposite to that. Um, it's it's more kind of authentic in terms of kind of realistic costume, mm. and yeah, I'm in my dungarees, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. The, the setting of it is it's very stylized. Um, yeah. the the show the musical follows the film almost exactly. They, mm. the the scenes are exactly the same. If you watch the film, there's dialogue that is absolutely sort of parallel to what the, what what's said or what's sung on stage. So, um, for example, in, in Act One, there's something like twenty four scenes. So it's very it's very episodic. So. Um, we've had to overcome that with a with a with a small with a small stage that's limited, and we don't we can't fly infinite things mm. in and out and yeah. have things coming up through the stage as much as we love to. Um, so we've used projection and using sort of dynamic backgrounds and dynamic sort of uh, visuals um, to sort of convey the emotions and convey every single scene that you would you would see see in the film. So it's comps. I, the, the stage is is constantly changing. There's never anything that's stationary for a very long time because it moves very quickly yeah, to something it's very else. Pacey. Mm. And is there a potter's wheel? 
There, there is a potter's wheel. <laughs> and there is there is, clay? I'm very there interested. There is clay. In there is clay. There will be water. There is the scene happening live on stage. What could go so, wrong? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the wrong? beauty of live theatre, right? <laughs> I mean, I've dabbled. I have dabbled with clay. Um, I've taught art before and studied art. So, um, yeah, this is not like any of those things though so um yeah no no pressure there's just a little bit of practicing hopefully before as ben said with the the kind of the technical element to refine but yes there will be clay and there is a potter's wheel (laughs) and it is a musical of course so um you mentioned some some gospel songs what else can people expect to to hear in terms of the the sort of styles variety really Mm, it's Um, very it's very it's a very it's it's it is not a normal musical. Mm. It's very contemporary. Um, uh, one of the creators is uh, one of the masterminds behind Eurythmics. Um, uh, so it, the music is very, very modern. Um, it's very varied. We've got gospel, but there's some really deeply romantic ballads. Some yeah. really there's the the soundscape that that comes with this show. Some of the music is absolutely stunning yeah. yeah in just it's how different it is to what you would expect from a musical yeah. there's, there's some really tender songs isn't there no, there's some really exactly that. lovely there emotional really songs that kind of make your heart ache in a way massively there's there's a solo that i sing called with you and it's one of the most iconic kind of musical theater songs <clears throat> um for a female lead to sing and every time i sing it it brings tears to my eyes um it's yeah it's it is really kind of yeah pulls at the heartstrings that one but it's a beautiful song i love singing that one the music is so well woven into the story it's almost it's almost it's effortless it's seamless you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily think oh a musical number is going to come up now because the wording or sort of the lyrics that have been picked and the way that the music then reflects those lyrics it, it's just con- continual sort of seamless emotion and it captures every moment of the film um, in its absolute sort of um, in, in its integrity but also its raw um, raw emotion as well. Mm. And do you have live music or is it via the wonders of technology? So it's via the wonders of, wonders of technology. Like I said, it's a very, it's a very modern, um, it's a very modern show. Um, so using technology um, uh, within the within the production has allowed us to um, enhance the enhance the the ambiance, enhance the absolute sort of soundscape that goes goes to the show. So. In terms of music and sound, it is it's absolutely something to to come and listen to and, and be and be wowed by. So you've sold it very well. Uh, so when is it? Uh, so the shows are uh, the fourteenth to the seventeenth of February. So our first show is on Valentine's Day. How apt! Um, <laughs> shows uh, the shows start at seven thirty um, each night, uh, and tickets are sixteen pounds. Tickets are selling fast. We've as of yeah. today, we've sold five hundred uh, five hundred wow. seats. Um, so they they are limited. So if you want to book your seats, don't wait till the last week because they may not be there. Lovely, and those can be booked through the app. Website, yes, they can be booked through the AF website um, and through um, sort of the the masqueraders' social media accounts as well. It's all it's all linked uh, to the same place. Yeah, Excellent. we'd love to see you there. Mm. Brilliant! Thank you very much for coming in and talking to us. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you. I've got my tickets. I'll be there for the Friday night performance. Make sure you get yours too. Uh, next on around Warminster, our Newsweek team looks back at seven days of local news. 
WCR Newsweek. Headline. Devil Road. Building plans resubmitted. Just what the doctor ordered. Wiltshire crime rates decrease. RSPCA to the rescue. And don't mess with Wiltshire. All this and more this week on Newsweek. A planning application for 84 homes on Deverell Road has been resubmitted. The plans have been objected to by both the Town Council and people living near the site on the grounds of odour issues caused by the nearby Morby Biogas Biodigester. The resubmitted plan was discussed and unanimously rejected again based on the original 12 objections they put forward in 2022. A new resident to Ludlow Close in Warminster said of the plans, Green spaces are extremely important for mental health, well-being and recreational purposes, as well as growing spaces for food. Wildlife habitats are being destroyed to satisfy greedy developers' profit margins. This land has badgers, foxes, birds and deer, all of which should be allowed to live freely in their proper natural environment and not be forced out due to development. Wiltshire Council recommended that the development be rejected, but it has urged the developer to consider a scaled-back scheme of up to 60 dwellings. A decision on the planning application is due at the end of March. Wiltshire crime rates mainly decrease. The latest report from the Office for National Statistics Crime in England and Wales has shown a significant decrease in residential burglary, violence and drug offences in Wiltshire. The Office of Police and Crime Commissioner is investigating funding from safer streets to be used to provide more street lights and extra CCTV and the like, as well as working with others to reduce serious violence and engage with young people and their families. Philip Wilkinson, Police and Crime Commissioner, said... I am really pleased to see the operational priorities and the proactive policing from dedicated and focused officers, staff and volunteers on the ground has been reflected in this report. But while these statistics paint a positive picture, it's our communities that are really feeling the effects, and residents tell me that they aren't feeling the impact of this progress, and we must now bridge that gap. He reiterated his determination to make Wiltshire a safer place and the commitment for police to attend 100% of all reported residential burglaries. Assistant Chief Constable Mark Cooper said, Protecting the community and prioritising victims underpins our decision-making, and we are constantly reviewing our approach to best serve the people of Swindon and Wiltshire. Just what the doctor ordered. An application from Prime Scripts Limited to open a new pharmacy has been received by NHS England. The proposed site would be in Broxburn Road, near to the Tesco Express. The application states that the population of Warminster is currently underserved, according to Pharmaceutical Needs Assessment. The number of pharmacy in Warminster is well below the average number of pharmacies in towns in both Wiltshire and the rest of the UK. The new pharmacy would offer Sunday openings, should there be enough support for this locally. David Rees, who recently launched a petition against the recent 
closure of the second Boots pharmacy in town, said, I welcome and support this application as a necessary first step to begin to reverse the unacceptable decline in pharmacy provision in the area. It is usual for pharmacy applications to be decided upon using written information which would include any comments received from the public. Residents can submit their own feedback to NHS England by Sunday the 11th of February. RSPCA to the rescue. A Warminster farmer called out the RSPCA this week after finding an exhausted fox had climbed onto a slurry lagoon and was unable to get out due to the steep and slippery sides. Animal Rescue Officer with the RSPCA, General Gumbleton, attended the scene along with the Dorset and Wiltshire Fire Rescue Service. They finally managed to rescue the stressed and panicked fox after a three-hour struggle. He was taken to the local vet and checked over and taken care of overnight. Gemma said, I was so worried that the fox wouldn't survive. The shock of this kind of experience can often kill a wild animal. But the next morning, I was relieved and delighted to discover him looking bright-eyed and bushy-tailed until it was time for me to return him to the wild. The fox was last seen running off into the countryside. Don't mess with Wiltshire. This is the new slogan of an anti-littering campaign that has been launched in the county by Wiltshire Council. The campaign focuses on littering in towns and parishes, plus litter hotspots such as layboys and on main roads such as the A36 and the A303. A great deal of publicity will accompany the project and there will be more enforcement of litter offences. CCTV cameras will be placed and new officers will be in post to follow up persistent offenders. There will also be more community litter collections, litter picks on main roads and educational resources to encourage a behaviour change in the public. Tynings Allotments Committee stayed tight-lipped. A Warminster woman who was evicted from her long-awaited allotment plot has said that this was the result of a campaign to evict her after she complained to the allotment committee about some dead and decaying pheasants in a cage that she and her daughter encountered. She believes that this was bait to trap a fox. She said to come across the site was abhorrent, distressing, disgusting and very confusing at the time. The sight of rotting pheasant corpses was very upsetting for both of us. Following the complaint, Hammer Friend received an unpleasant voicemail and complaints about what she was doing with her own plot. The pheasant incident occurred in April and by September she had received her eviction notice and her following month's rent was returned. Tinings and Notments said in November that there was an ongoing investigation into the matter but have not replied to recent attempts to contact them. Valentine's Service for Lost Loves a service of remembrance is to take place at St. Lawrence Chapel at 11am on Saturday the 10th of February. The annual service is arranged by local funeral directors Arles and Vincent. It is intended for anyone who has lost a spouse, fiancé, lover or partner, irrespective of when and where the funeral took place, with the aim of making each Valentine's Day a little easier for them by acknowledging the feelings they may be having and combating isolation. The reflective service will offer the chance to light a candle and stay afterwards for refreshments if you wish to. Goodbye to Spot A hippo named Spot, who had lived in Half Mile Lake at Longleat for the last 47 years, has sadly died. Spot was a firm favourite with keepers and visitors who enjoyed trying to get a glimpse of her when taking the lake boat safari. 
She shared the lake with beavers and sea lions, and a variety of birds would rest or hatch a ride on her back as she swam. She could often be seen enjoying a wallow in the mud. Spot will be sorely missed by all concerned. Longleat makes changes to popular sky safari. The popular vision of animal-shaped hot air balloons participating in Longleat Sky Safari is to change this year. The local safari park has broken away from their established operator, Exclusive Ballooning, after a long-running dispute. A new company called Slipstream Management has been selected to take over. A spokesman for Longleat said, "We are currently working on the details for the event and look forward to sharing all the information about the 2024 Sky Safari with our members, the public, and the media shortly." Bishop and Duck's new parish priest. A new parish priest has been installed as rector to the benefits of the parishes of Upper Stour with Maiden Bradley. The service was conducted by the Right Reverend Dr. Andrew Romsey, Bishop of Ransby, and the Venerable Alan Jeans, Archdeacon of Sarum. Dr. Graham Southgate has spent more than 12 years as team rector to the Nadder Valley Benefice. The service was attended by around 100 people which was followed by refreshments at St George's School in Burton. Graham wants to encourage a more open engagement with the scriptures and a better understanding of what it means to be human and loved by God. He said, "As a priest, I seek to put this theory into practice through my preaching and through the pastoral care I offer." The leader of Wiltshire Council, Richard Cluer, was in Warminster last week answering questions from members of the public. He was pressed by residents and business owners from Silver Street as part of their campaign to get a 20 mile per hour speed limit in place throughout the town. Norton St Philip, just a few miles from Warminster, already has a 20 mile per hour limit in place. In the first of our What Warminster Can Learn interviews, I've spoken to Chair of Norton St Philip Parish Council, Ian Hazel. What sort of traffic issues do you face in, in Norton St Philip? Well, I, first of all, uh, we're right in the northeast corner of Somerset, and in many ways, we're much more aligned with things going on in Wiltshire, perhaps, than even at County Hall in Taunton. So um, we're much more neighbourly. Um, we, we have obviously a very old historic core to the village, which is made up of terraced houses. The other thing which is not common is that we're on a crossroads. And uh, because of that, and where we're situated just six or seven miles south of Bath, we're often used as a rat run between Warminster and Froome and Bath, north to south, and east-west between uh, Trowbridge and Bradford and Midsummer Norton and Radstock. So everything bottles up in the middle of the village and there's nowhere else for the traffic to go. So that's the problem. Right. So ha over the years, ha have you uh, managed, uh, you and your, your predecessors, come up with any strategies to, to deal with any of the those problems? Well, about 20 odd years ago, when I was both uh, at that time parish and district councillor, uh, we were encouraged to put forward a parish plan. And part of the consultation for that was to identify what were the biggest problems. Coming out equal top, in effect, was the overdevelopment of the village 
which was not what the the village wanted. But of course, Equal Top came out traffic. And so as a result of that, we set up a separate traffic action group to look at what could be done by ourselves in conjunction with Somerset Council to try and um, either uh, remove those problems or at least lessen them. Uh, am I right in thinking that you have a 20 mile an hour speed limit in Norton St. Philip or have I imagined that? No, we do. And we have pushed out the 30 miles per hour speed limits further outside of the village as well. And we have got that on both of the village axes, so to speak, both north, south and east, west. And the boundaries of the villages, uh, the village on all four entrances are uh, governed by speed cushions as well. And I know people here in Warminster, have, there's been a lot of talk about 20 mile an hour speed limits. Have those had a positive effect on the village? Yes, it's difficult to say precisely by how much. But um, the analogy I would use is that if people habitually drive at 35 through a 30, then when they get to a 20, they might not be driving at 20, but perhaps they're driving at 25. So I do think it's had a beneficial effect. And obviously, in a lot of places in the centre of the village, our pavements are poor or non-existent. And there's a lot of children going backwards and forwards to the village school. So that's an issue as well. And looking sort of ahead, I mean, I don't think uh, I don't think you would say, would you, that that all of North and St. Philip's traffic problems are solved? No, I wouldn't. I, I would say it's a continual battle. Um, as I, I as I wrote back to you previously, in the time I've lived in the village, 40 years, uh, the number of houses in the village has gone up by 50 percent. Uh, I'm well aware that Warminster has got a huge development on its um, southwestern perimeter at the moment, right out to the bypass. And and the other thing is the commuter traffic through the village has also uh, substantially increased because all the surrounding settlements have had big increases in population and people are still commuting a lot, regardless of COVID or home working. I, I don't see that lessening uh going past my house which is right in the center of the village mm. so uh, it, the, obviously you've got the 20 mile an hour speed limit in place what what other things is the parish council looking at to uh, address the the sort of ongoing concerns well we've um, we've had um a sid a speed indicator device uh which we've moved around the parish um from time to time uh, just highlighting what people's speed is at the entry points to the village uh, and different points in Farley Hungerford, which is right up against the uh, the boundary with Wiltshire. Uh, and only yesterday, I was at a, a joint meeting of the Parish Council and our Traffic Action Group, TAG, where we are, because the technology on the, these has um, moved on a lot in the nine years we've had our devices, uh, we're just contemplating the purchase of more of these which are much more portable, have uh, solar panels on them, and we can move them around. And we think that that is a very good, friendly way to try to get people to reduce speed. Ian Hazel there, Chair of Norton St. Philip Parish Council.
If you're looking for something to do that's a bit different,、uh, then a former Warminster school teacher has the thing for you. Caroline Robinson, no relation,、uh, was until recently director of music at the school, but has now started running glass art workshops. I spoke to her to find out more. I did work at Warminster School. I've I've had a fantastic career as director of music.、Um, But yes, I decided that I was going to change things up a bit,、um, and now I'm a glass artist.、Uh, oh, okay. So I wouldn't know where to begin with glass art. So how do you、uh, how do you make art out of what must be quite a delicate material? Um, well, there are various different、um, types of glass art, but the glass art that I'm into is glass fusing,、um, and basically the process is you decorate plain, flat glass with various things: bits of crushed glass, stringy glass, bits of pre-made marine flowers or insects or all sorts of things, and then heat it up in a specialist kiln. So I now have a specialist kiln, and it gets heated up to about seven hundred and sixty-five degrees,、um, when everything sort of melts a bit and、um, looks fantastic.、Um, and then after that, you can then melt it again, but over a former. So you could make it into a wave or a dish or a bowl, little jewelry dishes and tea light holders, and so on. Wow. Okay. And、um, is this something you've always been interested in, or is this、uh, something that's come come to you recently?、Uh, well, it was one of those things. It was a lockdown thing. <laughs> so、uh, I took the children camping、um, to Bude, and as we always enjoy in a on a UK holiday, it rained. <laughs> so、um, on one day, we found this little. Glass shop, and there was an advert in the window saying they were running workshops.、Um, and I'd never heard of glass fusing before, so I booked、uh, booked on with my daughter, and we went along, and I made a little picture. And then that night, actually, I couldn't sleep. I was just so excited about what it was going to look like when it came out of the kiln. And then when I got home, I went on a couple more courses. But then, of course, we went back into lockdown again. Um, and um, actually, in truth, my husband got completely fed up of me going on about it all the time. So he bought me a tiny little kiln for my birthday, and then it sort of stemmed from there. So a combination of learning online and on YouTube, and I've now got a full-size professional kiln. Excellent. So, and you're making lots of these kind of creations, aren't you? So I make quite a few creations, yes.、Yeah, so waves and dishes and ginster as seems to be、uh, a favourite. I made all sorts of Christmas decorations, but、um, something that's been really, really popular and with my teaching background that I'm really enjoying is running glass making workshops. Okay, so、uh, if there's people out there who are thinking, "Ooh, <laughs>、um, uh, what what sort of take? How how does the process work? How do you you take them through a workshop?" So、um, the workshops are at my house, so、um, I can take up to six people,、um, and for a half day workshop, which is what's been really popular, they arrive and I show them all of the goodies that are on the table that they're going to be having a go with. And they do a little warm-up task of making a suncatcher, and at the moment I've got a special on there making heart-shaped suncatchers.、Uh, and then we have some cake and hot drinks, and then they do a larger piece which I fuse twice. So 
Um, I've used it once to set their design and then I put it over a steel former and about a week later they will have a beautiful tea light holder. Oh, wow. Fantastic. So if people are listening and they're, they're very interested in this, how can they find out a bit more? Uh, so they can have a look on my website, which is champagneglassstudio.co.uk. Or they can follow me on Facebook or Instagram. That's at Champagne Glass Studio. I'm on Twitter X as well, although I don't think that people use that one so much anymore. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it, this is something that's happening locally. So it's a, a great uh, craft thing to be getting involved with for people. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I do the half day workshops at my house but I've also been doing some hour-long workshops which are great for adults but also for children who are aged nine plus and that's at um, the fabulous ice cream farm at Palette and Pasture in Tradoxil or Tradoxil I never know how to say it actually Froom, Froomway, uh, Froomway. Somewhere, yeah. so you can uh, you can combine getting artistic with having some delicious ice cream as well who can argue with that? Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for coming in and talking to us, and I hope that it's a big success for you. Well, now, Barry is here with me. Hello. Hello. Uh, we're going to do a uh, VA-themed quiz. Are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be, Have you I think. been revising your knowledge of words beginning with VA and people with the initials VA? Right. Uh, that slightly worries me. Okay. I don't know many words that begin with VA other than variable, which I suspect is going to be my score. <laughs> uh, right, I'm ready. Uh, are you sure? Yes, yes. Okay, well, all we need now is... Oh, there it is. Ah, maybe so, maybe that's uh, Van someone. Quiz of the week. Quiz of the week. Quiz of the week. Quiz of the week. Very good. Very good. Okay, no score yet for Quiz Family Robinson, so we'll just have no? to press on without that. I'm oh, afraid. I'm, so I'm setting the benchmark today, am I? D- yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think so my is no- that a bit like a low tide mark? That's it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, here we go with question one. Who played Vincent Van Gogh? Go. Is that a double barrel? No, not Goff Go. <laughs> Vincent Van Gogh or Van Gogh. It depends who you are, what age you are, what generation, that kind of thing. And how posh you are. Who played him in the 2018 film At Eternity's Gate? Yeah. Was it Jeff Daniels, Brendan Gleeson or Willem Dafoe? Uh, Jeff Daniels. It was Willem Dafoe. Darn it. Question two. Yep. The Victoria and Albert Museum, the mm. V&A. V&A. Yes. Has sites in London, and which other city? Is it Dundee, Newcastle, or York? Um, Dundee. It is Dundee. Yes, ten percent, ten percent, ten percent, ten percent. I've been there, you know. Have you? Yes. And they yes. let you out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Cardiff and the Vale of Glamorgan. The Vale of Glamorgan. Oh, there's a lovely unit. Form South Glamorgan, the smallest county of Wales. Oh, that's my ra- sm- small but beautiful. This is my roundabout way of asking you: What's the largest county of Wales? Oh, is it Diffid, Powys, or Gwynedd? Uh 
Defeat. That's correct. 20%. Ridge Varney was the first person to use an ATM in the UK. He was. It was at a branch of which bank? Was it Lloyd's, NatWest, or the National Westminster? Uh, or was it Barclays? There's a lot of sighing going on. I know. Well, I sigh a lot at my age. Can you run through them again? Lloyd's, NatWest, Barclays. NatWest. It was Barclays. Oh, darn it. Holly Valance had a hit with which song? Peck Peck, Smooch Smooch, or Kiss Kiss? <laughs> kiss Kiss. That's correct. 30%, 30%, 30%. 30%. I mean, Smooch Smooch is just waiting to be made, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, maybe we could do it. No, not now. No, not now? No. Another song for our album? <laughs> well, an origi- some original material. Yes. Oh, this mm. is something new. I'll dash, I'll dash the tune off later. Okay. Mm. Uh, at the halfway point, you're on 30%. 30%. That's not bad. Not bad. Let's press on. Yeah. Valerie Amos, who's now a senior UN official, previously served as a cabinet minister for which political party? The Liberal Democrats, the Conservatives, or Labour? Uh, Liberal Democrats. It was Labour. Oh. Oh, and while we're on politics... Oh, yes. Victoria Atkins is Secretary of State for what? Home Affairs, Health, or Housing? Housing? Health. Health. You didn't sound sure there. No, I wasn't at all sure. Okay, question eight. Who plays Van der Volk in the current ITV series? The By current. current, I mean the, the modern remake rather than the original 70s series. Right, OK. okay. Yes. Uh, yes. Is it Mark Warren, Matt D'Angelo or Adrian Lester? Who are these people? They're actors. They're all in hustle, are actually. They? Are they? Uh, uh, only one of them has played Van der Volk. <laughs> Which one? Oh, I have no idea. It's going to be a guess. Run the names again. Mark Warren, Matt D'Angelo or Adrian Lester? Adrian Lester. Mark Warren. Oh. Who did Michael Vaughan replace as England cricket captain? Alex Stewart, Nasser Hussein or Michael Atherton? Uh, Mike Atherton? It was Nasser Hussein. And finally... Dropping like flies, aren't we? Vatican City became independent from Italy in what year? (laughs) Was it 1919, 1929 or 1939? Uh, Let's go with 1939. It was 1929. Ah, darn it. So you finish this week on... 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30%, 30
Listen in Warminster and the surrounding area on 105.5 FM. That's it around Warminster. Thanks for listening.